Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Bless you. For those who don't know, I'm the worship pastor here at the church. Um, that was an attempt to be funny, but I guess it wasn't funny. Um, I thank the Lord for being here with you tonight. I thank God for this opportunity that he has afforded to me to be here, standing here during this time of ministry. I thank the Lord for Pastor Jeff and for uh, Cindy um, and, and how much they've blessed our lives and our family's lives. I just thank the Lord. Can we just give the Lord a hand praise for him and for Cindy? They are such a blessing um, in more ways than you know. I said to myself, there's a ring in this and it bothers me, so you can pull it down. Love you. So um, I said to myself, I said, Lord, what is possible for me to minister here at the church? This is the first time most of you get to hear me do something other than sing. So I said, what would be wonderful? And Pastor Jeff, when he spoke to me about it, he said, um, well, you know, you know, maybe why don't you preach about worship or talk about worship? And, and that's kind of what you do. So that'd be nice to do. So I said, well, Lord, Pastor Jeff's a wonderful teacher. So I don't know if I could teach that type of way. And then this Sunday, for those of you who was here on Sunday, anybody? For those of you here on Sunday, Pastor Jonathan preached. And then I said, I don't know if I want to preach on worship because you don't want to come behind. Were you blessed on Sunday? Were you blessed? Amen. So I said, Lord, well, what do I do? Because there's something happening. So I said, well, maybe we can just have a conversation. Is that okay with you? Can I just talk with you a little bit tonight? It's important to me just to, to, to relax and talk to you because um, I don't know, but some of you might recognize that God is doing something in this house. Something, um, and I just kind of get this off my chest, but there's something happening that some of you in certain areas and remnants can recognize that the Spirit of God is moving. And not just moving, but making you want to do something. There's a difference when, when things are happening and you're kind of just receiving. But there's something happening to, I just don't want to receive. I want to be a giver. I want to be a blessing. I want to be a part of what it is that God is doing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you can feel it in the house. When we're up there singing and playing and everything is going on, you can begin to feel God's presence moving in the house. And some of you wanting to respond and not knowing how to. And some of you want to position yourself to receive from heaven and not knowing how to. So I said, well, God, maybe we can just talk about how to receive from heaven when God is moving. Amen. And this will go by real quick. I promise you, if you talk to me, if you don't, then I got to talk a bunch. So let me pray. Father, I thank you this evening for your word. Father, I ask you, Lord, to let it be the paramedic of our lives tonight. Father, heal, fix, deliver, set free, God. Allow this word to just permeate every vessel in this house. In the matchless name of Jesus, we pray and say amen. When I deal with worship, when I think about worship, um, I've taught on worship for some 20 years, believe it or not. I'm only, how old am I? 28, 29. So... But anyway, so, uh, well, maybe I'm 30. But in the 20 years that I've been working and teaching on worship, just to give you a really quick overview, um, there are a few, few areas that I like to concentrate on. There's the technical aspect of worship. There's a spiritual aspect of worship. There's the influence of worship, who's influencing you and who um, we're being influenced by. Um, there's the authenticity of worship, and there are the results of worship. In our lives, these types of things transpire all the time, but we don't necessarily recognize them or nor do we know what to do with them. Amen. So 
The scripture tonight is found in Isaiah chapter six, verses one through eight. I believe Pastor Jonathan read that on Sunday. And I said, well, Lord, we'll try our best to stay right there. So in, uh, in the book of Isaiah, the prophet says, and in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord uh, sitting on sitting upon his throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. Next verse. OK, something happened. You all remember that Isaiah would talk about worship Three things, or let me identify real quick, four things that worship helps us to do. Worship helps us to see God in his holiness. Isaiah said, and in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord and he was high and lifted up in his train filled the temple. And he would talk about him seeing God, his holiness. Worship helps us to see God in his holiness. Isaiah chapter six, verses one through three. Uh, the second thing is worship changes the perspective around us. True worship changes the perspective around us. And I'll talk about that really quick. Isaiah chapter six, uh, verses four through eight, when he talks about it. Also, worship reassures me of God's presence. Helps me to recognize that God is with me. It reassures me. And that's found, we can talk about that in Psalms chapter 73, verses 23 to 26. And finally, worship produces in his presence, it produces joy. Real joy. Can I just stay there just for a second? For those of you that need something from heaven, you need excitement or not even excitement, just passion. Have any of you noticed that as the time goes on that we have lost passion when it comes to worshiping God? When it comes to serving God? Do you remember when you first got saved? Anybody remember that? And you were very excited about it. You were just full with joy and you wanted to get the whole world saved. Maybe it was just me by myself, but you wanted to tell everybody about how good God was and how wonderful things was and, and everything else. But then as time went by, the years and months and weeks would happen, it seemed that the passion would begin to just die out a little bit. Why is that? Why is it that we get more excited about the Dallas Cowboys? I'm just messing with you. And I'm not just talking about right now. I'm just saying in a long span of time, do you not know that there's authority in when you worship God? There's an authority that comes upon us that literally breaks chains and destroys yokes. And if we're not afraid of entering into that moment, we can receive that from the Lord. Amen. So worship, possessing a biblical understanding of worship is paramount. This understanding becomes the building blocks or the foundations of our worship experience. There are a lot of things that are happening today that are being called worship that are not. They're not based on the Bible. They're based on feeling and emotion, and they're led by those things. And they're not based on biblical principles. Amen. Understand this, that worship positions us to envision God. It helps us to see where we really are at, where we really are. Isaiah in chapter uh, uh, verse one, go to Isaiah verse one, chapter six. He says that I saw the Lord and he was high and lifted up. He allowed himself when, when, when Isaiah says in the year, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon his throne. Worship put him in position, loving and being obedient to God, put him in position to see God. 
Anybody need to see God? Anybody need to, to, to see him? It put him in position to see him. And then it goes on to help us worship, recognize those around us. He said in verse two, uh, um, in verse two, above it stood the seraphims, each one having six wings and with twain covered their covered his face and with twain covered his feet and with twain he did fly. And verse three says, and one cried one to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. So when we are wherever we're at, God's glory is can it should be present. It should be present. Do you not know we have the authority and the ability to tap into that at any point in time? Driving down the road and somebody cuts you off. You have the authority to tap into it. Now, what you choose to tap into is something totally different. But we have the authority to tap into a level of worship that puts us, that changes our perspective. True worship will help you identify those who are around you. Because everybody does not truly want to worship God. You do understand that when it comes to worship, you can't worship somebody you don't know. Can I say that just one more time? You can't worship somebody you don't have a connection with. You have to know something about them to worship them. To lavish praise and all these things that we do upon you have to have some level of connection. There are so many of us who have positioned ourselves and are praising and worshiping and doing these things, but have no connection. We've gotten into a state of repeating what we see other people do, but having no connection to the God of the universe which true obedience aligns me with his will. True obedience to his word aligns me so that when I worship him, I worship him out of obedience. I worship him because I love him. I worship him because he's been good to me. I thank him. And these things give me experience, things to worship him for. I begin to honor him just because he's good, just because he saved me, just because he took me from a place that no one else could have taken me from. And he brought me to a different spot. And when I look back over what I've come through and I begin to see it was nobody but God who delivered me, I can lift my hands and say, oh, God, I bless you. I thank you, because if it hadn't have been for you, where would I be? You ought not be afraid or ashamed of what God has brought you out of. You ought to thank God. Some of you know what I mean, because some of you can think back. If you just were to think back really, really quick, just just maybe last week or last month or some of us, you know, probably yesterday or even today. But but you can think back, you know, just where God has brought you from and what you used to be and what you were tangled up and tied in. Sin had you bound up and was just just had a hold on you. But you were able. The spirit of God was able to rescue you. Why wouldn't you thank a God? who reached down and tore you, snatched you out of the hands of the enemy and saved you. Mm. True worship helps us identify how we should or shouldn't present ourselves to the Lord. True worship 
helps us understand that how we should or shouldn't present ourselves to the Lord. For example, anybody ever heard of Cain and Abel? This is a Bible church, so you all read the Bible, right? I'm just checking. Cain and Abel presented offerings to the Lord. One was accepted and one wasn't. One went with the, with the contract spirit. One went with the right mindset. One went, went with the right way to present himself to the Lord and gave God what he asked for. And the other didn't. Do you not understand that there are so many of us today that are presenting an offering to God that he didn't ask for? We're trying to force God to take what he don't even want. We're saying, Lord, just take this because it's what I have. It's, it's, it's what I do and, and it's how I do it and it's whatever it is and so on and so forth. All the while, God is saying, I desire you to just bless me and love me. And the Bible even talks about him seeking this type of worshiper who would give him the spirit and truth, who would do it in spirit and truth that would honor him and that would be obedient and that would love him. But yet and still, we find ourselves giving God leftovers. Giving God what we have after we've given everything to other people and other things and, 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 and leftover stuff. Do we believe that God deserves leftovers? Somebody say no again. Cain, Cain gave God what he thought he wanted to give God. And because of that, God rejected it. I've come to tell you today that there are some of us who are worshiping God and God is not receiving it. There are some who believe that God is receiving our worship and he is not. If you go over into the book of Revelations and you talk about the church of Asia Minor, you all know the churches the seven churches he's talking about. And he would say to them at the very end, those that would hear what the spirit of the Lord has to say unto them to hear him knocking at the door. He would say, if you hear me knocking, I'll come in and open the door. I'll come in and have fellowship with you. I'll come in and sup with you. In other words, I begin to think about that. God, why wouldn't you just save the whole church? Why wouldn't you get everybody? He says, if you hear me, I'll come in and have fellowship with you because everybody else is busy doing what busy people do. But if you will hear my voice and respond to my voice, oh, goodness, would we respond to when God is moving? Some of you have been in service and you've been in places and you feel the presence and the essence of God and you won't move because you don't know if it's permissible. You won't respond because you think your neighbor might look at you funny. But your neighbor doesn't know what you went through. Your neighbor doesn't know the struggles that have hit you. Your neighbor doesn't understand. It's okay for you to express yourself to the God of the universe who saved you. It's okay. It's okay to let him know I love you. I thank you. I lift my hands in worship. Whatever it is you do, if you just sit still and just nod your head, whatever it is you do, it's okay to respond to his presence. And believe it or not, it's necessary. Some of us get built, what do you call it? We get backed up. 
Y'all know what I mean when you get you get backed up because you really want to go. You really want to get it. You want to say something. Some of you want to just lift your hand. Some of you want to talk, whatever it might be. But you get backed up because you don't know. What is it? But tonight I've come to share with you that true worship will set us free. Amen. Will set us free. And not only will it set us free, but it will set those that are around us free, too. It has the ability to set those who didn't even come in for that. You do know that there can be people who can come into a setting and didn't come in for church or didn't come in to be healed or didn't come in to be delivered or whatever the deal may be. But because you were there. And because you bless God the way that you bless him and because you praise and sing, you don't believe me? Let's go to the Bible when it talks about Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And, 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 and the Bible says, and the prisoners heard them. And immediately. Everyone's bands were loosed. Those prisoners were there before they were there. Those prisoners might not even know who Paul and Silas were, but Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises. This is powerful. They sang, they, they prayed and sang praises. They weren't praying and asking God to set them out and, and come on. They were just honoring God because of who he was. Would that we bless God just for who he would be, just because of who he is in our life, just because of what he's done. And I mean, past tense and who he is now, because they bless God and sang praises and everyone heard them. And the Bible says immediately. Would it be great that we would have an immediate response from God in this house? Anybody want an immediate response from the Lord? Well, all you have to do is sing praises and honor him. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm just messing with you. (laughs) Helps us to identify what type of offering we need to present to the Lord. Psalms 100 mentions, mentions that we should come into his presence with singing. And a little further down, it goes. It says for us to uh, enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. I have a question for you tonight: How many come to the house of God expecting God to do something? I mean, on your way when you're getting ready in the house, or when you're leaving work, or whatever you're doing, you have in your mind and in your heart, I'm coming because I'm going to this house of God. I'm expecting God to move. I'm expecting something to happen. I'm expecting to be healed. I'm expecting to be delivered. Whatever it is that's going on, I'm coming in with an expectation for God to move. Why come to the house of God and not expect God to do it? We have to get into the mode, into the mindset that when we come through the doors, we're just excited. I don't care what time you make it. If it's the seven, the the nine o'clock service or the 11 o'clock service, whatever service you come to, you can come to both because I'm here at both. You can, whatever church, whatever service you come to, make sure that you come expecting the presence of God to move. It makes the difference. It makes the difference when you come expecting. If we get two or three come expecting 
and come ready to bless God. Come ready and not ashamed and not afraid to just lift their hands or, or to, to just prostrate yourself or just position yourself to hear from heaven. And God, I just need you to move on me. Father, would you bless? Would you move? Would you heal your people? And maybe not just me today, but God, would you bless my neighbor? Would you bless whoever it is? Father, would you just do it today? Would we see the power of God in this house manifest? A friend, uh, a brother told me, he said, you know, we're worrying about a bunch of issues and a bunch of concerns and things. But you do know that if we would just give it to the Lord, God would just eradicate all of our concerns. You remember that, Brother Johnny, when we talked? Yeah, Brother Johnny and I talk often. Yeah. I love him. I'm grateful for his life. And we were talking about it and some things that when we get worried or concerned, no, don't, don't. He, he was saying, we don't need to get worried. We don't need to be concerned. We just need to give it to God. But what, is, what does that mean when I give it to God? What does that mean? You hear people say it all the time. Give it to him. Give it to him. What does that mean when you give it to God? What does that mean? What does it mean? How many people believe that they have faith? Four of you, good. How many, <laughs> Lord, how many of you, I'm gonna prove to you that all of you have faith in here. I can prove to you right now with a practical application that every single individual in this house has faith. Use this for yourself, make sure you keep it. Uh, it's free, it doesn't cost you anything, you can have it. Know this, every single one of you have faith in this house. So when you come up against the struggle, when you come up against something that your faith needs to be tested, remember what I'm about to share with you now because every single one of you have faith. Strong faith too, real strong faith. You ready? Ready? How many people came in here tonight and asked the chairs that you're sitting in, can I sit in you? Show of hands, how many asked? Nobody? You just sat down in it, didn't you? Why? You knew that that chair would hold you, right? Some of you probably flopped in it. You was tired or whatever. You just, you had real faith, right? It's that kind of mindset that we need to have with the God of the universe. I know that you're going to heal me because you've done it before. I know that you're going to deliver me because you've done it before. As a matter of fact, I know that you have the authority and the power to resurrect anything that was dead in my life that needs to be brought back. You have the power, you have the authority. I believe you and not just say it, but really know that he is God and he would do it. Amen. There are a lot of things that we have identified as worship, but unfortunately don't possess the connection needed to be labeled as such. We've talked about that. What do we do when we realize that we are out of bounds with our experience? What do you do? Do you have enough within you to recognize that I either messed up or I'm out of bounds? and I need to get inbounds with God. I'm asking the question, what do you do? 
when you recognize that you have been doing it, but it hasn't been what he desires. Do you ever check yourself? Do you ever check yourself? Do you ever check and say, is, is this God, is this where you want me to be? Is this how you want me to be? Do you ever check that? Do you ever reposition yourself? Do you ever come to the altar and lay before the Lord in your homes? You do know that true worship begins in your home. It doesn't happen. It doesn't begin here. It can happen here, but it doesn't begin here. It happens at home. For some of us, it's two in the morning or three in the morning. Or some of us, it's early, six o'clock, five o'clock, whatever time it is, when you get that moment to just have you and God. Nobody's there. You don't have to impress anybody. You don't have to worry about the music. You don't have to worry about a song. It might come out of you. Whatever the deal may be, but it happens at home and it begins to nurture and come. So by the time you come here, you're ready to go. You're already ready to go. It happens at home. Amen. Amen. I'm so grateful for that. And I don't feel funny about it. Because my wife and children and family, they'll tell you three in the morning, two in the morning. Sometimes I even call them and wake them up. Come, 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 come. I got something going on. It's happening. It's happening. They tell you, right? It's happening. It's, I need, I need it, I need it, I need it. I, I've gotten to a place at times where I need to have God's presence because there's nothing else like it. And don't tell me you've been in God's presence and you don't need it. Don't tell me that you've been in God's presence because when you worship him and you bring him and it brings you into a place, it's kind of like when Moses was on the mountain and he saw God and God allowed him to see his inner parts and he saw him and, and the essence of God was so strong on him. When he went back down, he had to put the, the veil over his face and hands and feet and everything else because God's presence was there and everybody knew he had been there. When, the, when you're in God's presence and you come from that, everyone should recognize that you have been in God's presence. Don't tell me you've been in God's presence and you're still needing because the Bible says in Psalms that, that, that in God's presence, there's fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. He goes on to say at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Most of us stop at the hand. Most of us stop at the hand because at the hand, we get the, we get the pleasures. We get the you know, but to get, I, I teach in, 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 in self-defense with my children, I teach that, that this is my personal space. You can't get past that without permission. For him to invite us into his presence. Do you understand how powerful that is? The God of the universe who needs nothing, who needs no one, desires to have fellowship with you. In his presence, he wants you in his presence to just tell him how wonderful he is, to just tell him how good he is, just to tell him how much you love him. He could have anything. He could just speak it and make it happen. But he says, I desire you to be in my presence. Would that it be that we could understand how powerful it is, how powerful it is, how powerful it would be if you and I were to begin to lock arms and say, God, we're coming into your presence. 
my sister, my brother. We're going to come. We want to praise you. We want to bless you until you move in this house. Is that too much? I don't want to do it. Is that too much? I just want to make sure it's okay. Until you move, because there might be something needed. There might be, I might not need anything, but my sister or my brother might need something. So God, I want to bless you until you move. I'm going to get in trouble, but we rush through time. We rush things. We rush we rush and then the spirit of God is beginning to move and beginning to manifest and we're rushing. We're rushing God out. We're rushing him out. How many of you understand that we need to take time and let God move? I know we have a program. Trust me, I'm really I'm aware. I know we have a program. I know we have agendas and I know we have to go cook and I know we have to go to dinner and I have eight children. Trust me, I get it. I know we got all of this kind of stuff going on. I really do have eight children. I get it. I do. I do. I'm not joking. I do have eight. Eight or nine or ten. One. <sighs> but yet and still. And my family will tell you, I position us to know that when God is moving, everything stops. My eight-year-old will tell you, when God is in the building, everything stops. It's so important. For some of us, we might not get that opportunity again to be that close into the presence of God. So why mess it up? Why rush through? Why do all these other things? Take your time and give God his just due. We would then see a manifestation in this day and age like we haven't seen before, that we haven't experienced before. And here's the thing. There are some of us in this room that desire it. Some of us want to be in God's presence in such a way so you can feel his essence and you can feel his anointing just draping all over you. Some of us desire God's presence. Don't know about you, but there gets to a point where some of us, I know I just need to have it. And if you ever get to know me, I get upset when I can't. Sometimes it's just wrong, I know. But I get upset when I can feel God beginning to move and we shut it down. Uh Uh-oh. Get in trouble. Don't talk like that. When you feel and know that the spirit of the Lord is moving and manifesting, you can know it because it begins to change the atmosphere begins to change the atmosphere. The spirit of worship begins to change the atmosphere. And then all of a sudden, what used to be and what was happening, even for those who are not typically people who speak out and yell. I think Pastor Jonathan mentioned it on Sunday and he said he's not typically the type of person who would yell or scream, but you heard him yelling on Sunday because when the spirit of worship, when he's beginning to, the spirit of God begins to flow in the house, it's so important that we respond. Shut everything else down. Stop this whole minute because God has come into the building. And it is so important that we get lined up with that. We get lined up with it. Why? Because we don't know the next time when he might show up. 
Some would say he's here all the time. Yes, he is. But I need him to manifest all the time. I need him to show up. I show up and show out. It don't bother me. Come on in. Healing, deliverance, and not just those things, but there becomes rebuke and all types of things. Because when we fall in line with the obedience of God, you would see a manifestation. Here comes worship in the house. Amen. This is my opening this morning, this after this, this evening. This is just the beginning, the intro. I'm so sorry. I was supposed to give you all three points in the close. So hey, I don't know, Pastor Jeff will probably be watching. Bless you, Pastor Jeff. I'll make sure I'll do the three points in the close um, to make sure I do that. There are three levels of worship. Uh, <laughs> Let me share this with you real quick. Three levels of worship that we can look at. We won't do tonight, but corporate worship, that's exclusive. There's corporate worship that's exclusive. There's also corporate worship that's inclusive. And there's personal. Everybody know the difference? This is y'all can talk as Bible study, right? We can talk. Everybody know the difference? We don't know the difference. You know what personal is? Just you all by yourself. Handling your handle. You at home. You in the car. You in the shower. Some of y'all sing in the shower. Amen. Oh, let me just put this little hyphen. Worship is not singing. It has nothing to do with music. Make sure I say that. I would love for you all to come sing, but that's not what it is. Okay? Personal. It's just with you and God all by yourself. Personal. If you are married, you still have to have a personal relationship with God. Amen? All right. Corporate exclusive. Your personal worship experience comes into this room and we're all worshiping God, but not together. Do you understand what I mean? We're worshiping God, but you do it the way you do it. You do the way you do it. You do the way you do it. You do. We're just going at it. We're corporately doing it in the same place. Same things happening, but we're all doing it the way we do it. Everybody understand that? When I say the next one, it'll help you clear it up. Corporate inclusive. A better example for, of inclusive would be when they did the Jericho Wall. They had one purpose. You get it? In other words, corporately, we're going to all get together and bless God and come to the altar, the entire church. We're going to come and we're going to just wait on God for something that we all agree needs to happen. We can come in here collectively, but we come most of the time, probably all the time, for what it is that we need, what we desire, what we want as individuals. Inclusively puts us all together. We want God to move on this house, let's say. Let's pretend like we want God to move in this house. All together, all together. That would mean that everyone in here would have to have one mind, one purpose, one agenda. Meaning everything that you're thinking about and all your struggles and things that you're thinking about, you would take those things and you would shift them to the side and you would say, this is my focus. It's the same focus as my brothers, my sister, all of us in one place at one time, focusing on one thing. The Bible talks about that in the books of Acts. Anybody ever heard of it before? And they were all together in the upper room coming together. And it took them some time to come inclusive. 
But how many know what happened when they all came together? The Bible says that the spirit of the Lord fell like fire. It looked like fire. Wouldn't it be awesome? Some of us would be afraid, but wouldn't it be awesome? <laughs> yeah, tell the truth, tell the truth, you know. But, 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 but to see the fire of God come into this place? That would mean we all would have to have the same agenda. You do know that the enemy works with our agenda. With influence, influencing different agendas. I want God to move like this. I want God to move like this. Let me give you a trick. I want God to move like this. Remember, and I want God to move like this. How about we just say, God, would you move? However you decide to move, God, move. Now, let me give a disclaimer. Got to do that. Because in the event that we were to ever position ourselves and posture for God to move like that, there would be some trouble in the house. What you are used to might get a little shaken. Just give me the high sign when you want me to stop talking, okay? What we might be used to, the things that we have become accustomed to, and we've called worship, we've called service, some of those things might look a little different because it's not our way. And it's not our, our agenda. It's not what we think or how we view or what we see through our own, our own screens. It becomes, okay, God, would you just move? I just want to give it over totally, completely to you. And he begins to move, but then you become uncomfortable. Because true worship pulls you into a place called vulnerability. You must become vulnerable to the spirit of God in order to experience the fullness of who he is. I'm going to stop right there, okay? I'm going to just be good. Because vulnerability, does everybody know what I mean by vulnerable? Vulnerability, I'm, to be vulnerable makes me uncomfortable. That means I have to get out of my zone that I've developed. I praise God like this. I praise God like that. I worship him. I love him. I cry. I go and boom. Okay, that's good for me. I mean, for, you know, for something's good. What if he were to snatch that entire space from us and shift us to a different place in our, in, in our, in our worship? There are prophets among us, all types of gifts in the house, all types of gifts. But in order to be, in order to access, you have to be vulnerable to him. You got to let him take you somewhere that might not be comfortable in order for you to access some of that. Anointing, some of that, some of those gifting, some of those things. And for you to get it, it might take you, for instance, let me give you a practical, a practical exa uh, example. In order to play the piano, 
You have to learn scales. If you want to be good, you learn scales. And scales, anybody play the piano? Piano, a couple piano. All right, piano. Piano scales are boring. Are they boring? Anybody play guitar? Guitar people, okay. Okay. If you're just doing a scale, that's it. Same thing with the piano. It's boring. There's no fun in it. But in order for me to be real good at it, I got to do it over and over and over until I'm tired of it and then do it again and then do it again. Because after a while, that little bit of practice that I've been doing, that little bitty scale becomes a run, becomes a lick. Instead of me going, dun, 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 it becomes, oh my God, you're so wonderful. No, all I'm doing is applying myself. All I'm doing is, is and it's, it's a little uncomfortable, but I'm, I, I just got to push through the parts that are uncomfortable. I got to push through because on the other side is my breakthrough in my musical ability. I'm, I'm rapping with this. With the same thing, with my presence, with the presence of God and my connection with his spirit, I have to be able to be vulnerable to break through to the other side that I might be able to apply the things that God has for me. I have to be willing to be open to what he has. I have to be willing to be obedient to what he says, because when that happens, when that happens, you can be like Abraham when he promised Abraham Isaac. Anybody remember that? He promised he was the son. Isaac was the son of promise. Amen. Y'all remember? Y'all remember? Y'all remember? You remember. Good, good. Isaac was the son of promise and God asked him to offer him up. Anybody remember that? What was Abraham's response to God? He said, yeah, I'm gonna do it. But what did Abraham say to his servants when he went to go? Anybody know? What did he say? He said, you guys wait here. The lad and I are going to go worship and we'll return Shortly. Did you hear what I said? God asked him to sacrifice him. God asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. Okay. Abraham said, I got to go a little further. You guys can't go with me. Come on, son. I got to go. We got to go. And he says, we'll be, we're going to go and worship and we'll be back. You mean to tell me Abraham had enough faith and enough understanding and enough relationship in the God he served to recognize that he went to go and worship. He went to go and honor God and be obedient and recognize that the same God that gave him the promise is the same God that even if he were to sacrifice him, because remember, he held the knife up. He was about to, you know, he was about to sacrifice him. He didn't pause. He didn't hesitate. He was going through with it. And the same God, I used to think, Abraham, what was he thinking? I have children. Those of you that have children, I know that there are one or two you might want to sacrifice, but but (laughs) Lord, 
I'm just joking. I'm joking. But think about that. And it was the son of promise that he waited for and waited for. That would carry on his lineage. That would be the blessing. That would be all these things that God said. And God said, now give it back to me. How many of us are willing to give back to God what he gave you? Abraham said, we're going to go and worship and we will be back. He used that pronoun. He didn't say, I will be back. He said, we will be back. And I thought about it and I said, Abraham must have knew God in such a way that even if he would have sacrificed him and took his life, he served the kind of God that had the authority to resurrect the promise that he gave him. Bless you. Amen. Well, thank you, Pastor Ronnie. Wow. I don't know about y'all, but that motivated me to worship. So, like you said, a lot of times we come here and we're like these lights, right? These lights just shoot photons out in many different directions. But as a church, we should be a laser. That's when all the light comes together for one accord. That's why lasers are so powerful. So what I want to do is do something very practical, what he said. Let's just all stand up and pray for God to move however you want to move. Right, we all have our own agenda. Jamie and I are praying for stuff that we want done, of course, and I'm, every single one of you are, and that's okay. But as a body of Christ, let's just all come together right now for this church, this country, whatever it is, and with one accord, with one voice, just cry out to God and say, Lord, have your way. You move in this church, in my life, however you want to move. Because what Abraham said before he said, we're going to go up yonder and worship. Is God just said, hey, Abraham, all he said was, here I am. He had no idea what was coming next. So if that's you today, God is calling your name, metaphorically. All you need to say to God is, here I am. Use me in whatever way you want to use me. That's what I want each one of us to do right now, is just pray to God with one accord. Just say, Lord, Use this church. Use me. We are the body of Christ. You move in whatever way you want to move. You have your way with us. You have your way, God. We are here to serve you. We have breath in our lungs, and you have kept us on this earth to serve you. And right now, God, we all have things we're praying for. But right now, as a church body, as human beings, as men and women of God, Right now, we are just saying, Lord, you have your way. We submit this to you completely and utterly to you, God. Have your way in whatever you want. You move in my life in whatever way you want. You move in this church. You move right now. But we have an expectation that you are moving right now in this, this house, this church house, Lord. Each and every one of us are here because we love you and we want to submit our lives to you, Lord. So with one accord, with one voice, let's put our own agendas aside for a minute and put God's agenda before our own. It's okay to have your own. It's okay to pray for things personally than your own personal life that you want or you need. But God's kingdom is more important than our lives. And Lord, right now as a body, of Christ. We we just bow down to you. We worship you and say, you have your way. You move tonight, God. 
There might be someone here tonight that needs to be healed. You just tell God your faith, because God said your faith healed you. Every time Jesus healed, he said your faith has healed you. You tell God how strong your faith is. I've seen God heal people. I saw him last month heal people because their faith was strong, and they told them how strong their faith was. But, God, we just cry out to you. We give you this church. We give you everything in this body, Lord. You have your way. And we love you, Lord. We thank you for a place we can come and worship you. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So give Pastor Ronnie a hand again. I don't know where he went. But thank you, sir. It was great. That blessed me. I don't know about y'all. That was really awesome. So uh, I think Pastor Jeff will be back Sunday, and y'all have a safe good night, and uh, come to Man Church Monday, and it'll be a great time. In Jesus' name, we love you. Amen.